0: Last week we began an awesome new series, I believe it's transformative for our church and where we're going as a church, so if Hope Centre is your home, lean in, if you missed last Sunday, catch up on YouTube, and uh, it's basically a series called Bless, and the text that we're reading from is John twenty twenty one. and Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. That's what Jesus wants to say to you this morning. Peace, be with you. And he follows that statement with, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And so the BLESS is an acrostic or an acronym. Uh, BLESS, BE, BEGIN WITH PRAYER, we covered last week. And today we're going to talk about L-LISTEN. David Pollock says this very confronting quote. If Jesus came into our home tonight and said, I'm going to answer every prayer you prayed last week, how many souls would know Christ because of my prayers? Oof, it hits hard. The truth is we have a listening God. He's a God who listens. Does it ever blow your mind that the creator of the universe, the almighty God listens to you he listens to me he listens to our prayers he listens even prayers that we don't have the capacity to utter and he hears our heart that is an incredible reassurance to me that we have a listening God he's not a God of stone he's not a God built out of the figments of our own imaginations he's a living and active God who says, I don't just want to teach you in my word. I don't just want to speak to you like this, but I want to hear from you. And if we're people who say, we want to be like Jesus, we want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, then we must be a listening people. The irony is that I'm going to stand here today and talk to you for a number of minutes. Some of you are praying it's short. And you're going to listen. And we all understand the concept of hearing someone speak to us. But if you read through the Gospels, there was Jesus, almighty, omnipotent God. He's a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Son humbled himself to come to this earth. The reality is he had three short years of time. And much of that time he spent listening to the people to the humans, to the pain, to the problems, to the situations that he found himself in. And if we are to follow in the footsteps of Jesus' friends, we are to live like him. Sometimes we think, I don't have time to listen. I don't have time to hear all of the stories, to fix all of the problems, to know all of the concerns. I have three children. Trust me, sometimes I'm like, stop. I can't hear three people at once. But you know what? God can. God, our Father in heaven, wants to hear from you and I. He is a listening God. How incredible it is to have a God who hears us. The Hebrew word for listen is shema. Say shema. Tim Mackey of the Bible Project writes it much more eloquently than I can. But he says the word Shema means to allow the words to sink in. How many of you know there's listening and there's listening? There's listening. I'm not going to make any disparaging comments about husbands or wives here. (laughs) So I know what you're thinking, but I'm not going to make those comments. But you know there's listening and there's listening? Like... Yes darling, what? Uh, yeah, no, No. oh. And you're like, that was not new information that I was giving to you. Um, yeah, I'm listening. But you obviously weren't listening yesterday when we had a half an hour conversation about said topic. I'm, that was me, by the way. Um, the word Shema means to allow the words to sink in, to provide understanding and generate a response. It's about action. In Hebrew, hearing and doing are the same thing. When God says, hey, I'm listening to you, he's not talking about, he's got an angel on the side taking shorthand notes because he can't keep up with all the prayer requests. That's going in the file of, I'll get to that in 2025. That's not how our God listens to us. God listens to us in a way where listening and action become part of the same process. I want to be like that. I want to be listening the way that God listens to me. I want to listen with the same posture that says, God, when you speak to me, I'm ready to act on his word. That's a challenging part of listening. Isaiah 50, I've got two points for you today. Spoiler alert, it's so simple. Listen to God and listen to others. Because really there's nothing more complex than that about listening that I want to teach you today. Listen to God and listen to others. It's that simple. Isaiah 50 verse 4 and 5 says this, the sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. Amen. Amen. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. Speaking of these verses, S.D. Gordon writes, One reason why so many of us do not have well-instructed tongues is because we give God so little chance at our ears. I have a little niece. She's three years old. Her name is Sloane, and my brother is obviously uh, an Australian boy, married a Swedish girl, and uh, a man. And my sister-in-law speaks very fluent Swedish. She grew up; her childhood was in Sweden, and so she has decided to teach Sloane Swedish. So at home, Sloane hears her mom talking. Swedish all the time she can count as 10 in Swedish she knows all of her colors in Swedish she's learnt to speak Swedish by listening and if you and I want to learn a language guess how we learn it not through jabbering through listening we learn through listening a well-instructed life is one who listens to the instructions We learn to speak a language by listening. Sloane's a little bit cheeky, like some of us, and she's figured out that both her dad and her granddad don't understand Swedish. So she's taken to uh, talking to them in Swedish at every opportunity, knowing that they can't understand what she's saying, and uh, with a cheeky little grin on the side. But when God speaks to you, do you have ears to listen to a heavenly language? See, most of us, we are born into... A particular culture, a particular way of living, a particular way of speaking. And we hear things through that filter. We hear things through the filter of the culture in which we are born, in which we live. But friends, today we've been born again. It's going to take some time for us to learn a new language, to learn a new language of faith, to learn a new language of hope. It sounds different, right? It sounds different. You think, hang on, that sounds unusual to my ears. This is something I've not heard before. It's like learning a new language. But that's what we need to do as believers. If we're going to follow the way of Jesus, if we're going to follow and live like Christ, we need to learn the way that Christ speaks. We need to learn a language of heaven. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues, although that's a great thing to listen to. But if we're learning the way God speaks, we need to learn to listen to the language that he uses. The language of the kingdom requires us to listen to the king. It struck me the other day that I can only pray the will of God by listening to the will of God. If if I'm not hearing God's will, I can't pray God's will. Jesus said, this is how you're going to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, here in this culture, in this language, as it is, in the culture of heaven. And you and I need to understand that if we're listening to God, he'll speak the language of heaven. And it's going to take time for our ears to tune in to that language, to tune into the translation. Romans 10:17, one of my favorite scriptures. So then faith that all elusive quality, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith will come to you by hearing. But I've got to tell you, there's another language, the language of fear, the language of doubt. And all day long, that language is trying to attack your ears. All day long, you're going to hear, oh no, interest rates, oh no, economy, oh no, your relationships, oh no, you don't have the skills for that, oh no, really, you're probably not good enough, oh no. That language is just going to constantly come to you and speak to you. And try and tempt you away. But if we can learn how to listen to our heavenly father, he will speak faith and life and say, actually, I'm the king of kings and I'm the Lord of lords and I'm in control. And all you've got to do is begin to understand the language of heaven. Why do we worship? It's our way of learning to speak the language. People think it's just like a few songs at the beginning of the service to get us warmed up. No, when we worship, when you come here and there's an atmosphere and praise in the room, you're beginning to understand this is how God speaks. This is how his word sounds. This is what it feels like in my heart when I open my ears and faith comes by hearing. You know, when you're having a bad day, one of the best things you can do is to put on some worship music that is full of the word of God. Because all of a sudden, what are you hearing? Ah, oh, actually, You know what? I think God might be in control. By the end of the song, we were listening to a song in the car this morning and my kids were like, Mom, this is a 10-minute song. And I'm like, yep. Because the first three minutes, I was still concentrating about the speed camera that I saw on the way and thought, "Mm, I don't think I was doing anything bad. (laughs) And all of a sudden, it takes till minute nine and I'm like, yes, there is one name and it's Jesus. And all of a sudden, my ears are tuned in. Some of you might have once owned a car that had one of those radios that didn't have automatic tuning. It wasn't me, but you might have. And you had to filter through. And that's how we learn how to listen to heaven. In the first little while, you start listening. It, it, it just sounds like this. And you're like, I can't hear God. And I don't know if my prayers are going anywhere. Ah. There it is. It takes fine tuning, it takes listening and practicing, and faith will come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Who you listen to really matters. I need to remind you of the very beginning, Eve. God had said, Look, you're free. I've made you free. I've given you free will, free choice. You're free. I've put you in this most beautiful place called Eden. You're so free to do whatever you like. There's just only one thing. Just don't eat that. I mean, it was a good deal. Right, like you can literally do anything. You can talk to animals and they'll talk back to you. I presume because when the snake talks, she doesn't run like ten kilometers away. She's just like, Oh, let's have a conversation. So they're in Eden and this is amazing. This is literally paradise. Para, para. Anyway <laughs> literally paradise. And then a voice comes from a snake. And what does he say? Nothing fancy. He says, did God really say, you shouldn't eat that? That doesn't sound very important to me. Like, almighty God probably doesn't care what you eat. Really? It's not that important. And I know, like you and me, happy anniversary, Gareth and Teagan. I know, like you and me, sometimes we feel like God should really talk about big, important, amazing things only, and they'll clearly come marked with, like, this is almighty God speaking. Oh, I can hear that voice. I understand that voice. That's God's voice. He sounds like Charlton Heston. For those of you over sixty-five, everybody else is like, "Child and husband." If faith was just able to come by the fact that I knew that it was God every single time, it was categorically God. I knew because I know exactly what His voice sounds like. The only problem is we don't have a formula for hearing God. It's relationship. We don't have a formula. He's not a robot. He's God. He wants to speak. He wants us to listen. He wants us to speak and he wants to listen. He wants relationship and connection. And it's so important who we listen to because Eve all of a sudden realizes that this second voice had a good point. I don't know why God would even bother saying that because, you know, it's not a big deal. And even though I'm literally living in paradise, I'm going to go and eat that fruit. We all know what happened. As Tim Mackey says, listening isn't passive. Listening will lead to action. Listening to God will lead to action. Listening to other people will lead us to action. It's not passive and it infers on us the responsibility to discern. It's all very lovely and good when we just have a blanket, like, just listen to everyone. Just go, be a compassionate person. Many world religions are like, just, all you need to do is just listen. All you need to do is just, Om. all you need to do is just be one with the universe. And whatever universe says, that must be correct because it's the universe. And so we have this jumble of like, all of the voices are equal. All of the, all of the noise is okay. Everything that gets said is worthy. But that's not what scripture teaches us about following Jesus. Scripture warns against us listening to every voice. Second Timothy four, three and five says, for a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Friends, that is not even the message or the passion. That is the NIV. Just for those of you that are like using these modern translations, no. Their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And Paul says, but you, Timothy, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist and discharge all the duties of your ministry. I want for a moment just to spend a minute demystifying the voice of God. Because I feel like it trips so many of us up. We get so confused and so worked up over, am I hearing God's voice? I don't know how to hear God's voice. So many times I'm praying with people and like, I just can't hear God. I want to help you unblock your ears this morning. My doctor has a great thing and it vacuums out your ears. So spiritually, let's just all get our ears vacuumed out and then you'll be able to hear God's voice. Amen? Good, good. See, there's three voices, right? It's very simple. If you have a doctor in the- doctorate in theology, you can correct me later. But this is my personal uh, simplification. Three voices that you can hear. God's voice, the enemy's voice, and your voice. Three voices. It's so simple. God's voice has his intention and his heart. It sounds like God when it's God. It sounds like a God who loves, who cares, who's full of grace. In a moment, I'm going to tell you a simple measure to tell if it's God. The enemy, well, here's my theory. He has only one line. And it's always this, did God really say? Every time the enemy comes to me, he just really kind of twists and turns the same sentiment over and over again and he will have come to you this week and he will have come to me this week and it sounds like this did God really say you'd get healed because it doesn't really look like you're getting healed did God really say you should bless those who persecute you because it's not working out so well did God really say that I'd provide because it's your bank account Zero. Um, did God really say your family would be restored? Did God really say that you were uh, worthy of being a Christian? Did God really say that you were the righteousness of Christ? Did God really say that you can hear his voice? Did God really say? And this voice just goes on and on and on and we tune in to radio station doubt. Did God really say? Did God really say? Did God really say? Did God... And we spend five minutes in our quiet time in the morning because we're in a rush and we get a little like, sound bite from heaven and if you turn to the wrong book all of a sudden you're reading lamentations and you're like ah and you go the rest of your day like i don't even know what that means i'm not really a christian i'm not really saved i don't know what to do now and our minds are filled with chatter our own voices are the interference And in order to build a habit, because we're talking about building habits, in order to build a habit of listening, we have to train our mind. We have to train our spiritual ears and our physical ears to hear God amongst all the other noise. There's a scripture that says that the enemy is trying to wear down the saints. And it paints a a word picture of, of pollution, of dust. You know if you leave something, a beautiful painting, for example, on a wall long enough? it gets that grimy, sticky, dust kind of thing. And you can like swipe it, but it's still just like, ugh, ugh. That's why they have people with white gloves and little paintbrushes that go through museums. It's to keep all that dust and grime off the artwork. And our heart and our mind is so much like that. We need to come along sometimes and just go, get rid of all of that. Ugh. Don't let it stick to you. Don't let that voice play over and over until you've been worn down and the beautiful ideas of the Word of God have been removed or covered over in your life. Here's the measure of the voice of God. Galatians 5, 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And against such things there is no law. When the voice of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. God's never going to come to you and bring fear into your life and into your heart. His voice is never going to speak words that make you shrink back and feel small. His voice is going to speak forbearance and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. When you listen to God, he'll start speaking to you about his mission and his plans and his purposes. And that's when you know it's God. You didn't come up with those ideas on your own. You know, I've shared this kind of thing with you before, but you know when you have that inkling inside to bless someone, to be a blessing to someone? That's not the devil. It's just not. If it sounds like love and joy and peace, chances are you didn't come up with it. Chances are you're listening to the language of heaven. You're listening to a God who says, my mission is to bring all these things from the kingdom to earth. And you are the ones that are going to bring them out of the heavenly realm into the physical realm to the world and the people that I've placed you in. And when you listen to God, he starts speaking to you about those things. Go to the Old Testament. God doesn't come to his people and say, hey Moses, I love you, you're awesome, stay here in the desert, don't do anything. He doesn't come to Gideon and say, hey Gideon, you're amazing. By the way, stay home. Don't talk to anyone. Never does God come to his people and say, hey guys, you're amazing, you're doing good, I love you. Chill. Do you know every time God comes and speaks to his people, this is what he says, I love you, you're awesome, you're amazing, get going. There's people around you, I've sent you to them. They're my people. They don't know it yet, but that's why I've chosen you. And every single time that happens, guess what? The person involved listening to God goes, me? No, God, you've definitely got the wrong person. You don't understand because I'm the lowest of the lowest of the low. I can't even talk. I'm really not confident. God, you've made a mistake. And every single time they lose that argument. I mean, it took Jonah the belly of a whale, but we got there in the end. God is the same. Yesterday, today, forever, he comes to you and I and he says, Hey, I've got a mission. Let's do this. And every single time you and I go, <clears throat> not an evangelist. Definitely more of a quiet intercessor, Lord. Next. And then you find the self in the belly of a fish. All right, all right, I'm listening. If we are participants in God's mission, it makes sense that when he speaks to us, He's talking to us about his grand plan of his kingdom coming and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. God is sovereign. The guys are going to put it up on the screen in a minute. When I've got to point three, you can take a photo. Thank you, Justin. God is sovereign. He found Moses in the desert, Jonah in the ocean, Saul on the road, David in the field, Nathaniel under the fig tree, Gideon in the wine press. He knows where you are. He knows where you are, friend. I can't hear God. It's okay. He's coming. Some of you this week have said, I don't know if that's God or not. Friend, you're hearing God. This morning, he's speaking to you. He loves you. He wants relationship with you. He wants to talk to you and with you. He wants to hear from you. God is sovereign. Let's not be so scared about mishearing that we don't listen. Let's not be so scared about God not being in control that we forget that he wants to commune and talk with us. Number two, he's given me free will. This one, I find, is where we most get tangled up. God doesn't tease us. God's not in the business of teasing you and I and pretending to talk to us so that we might make a mistake. It's not some maze where we're like little rats running around. He's like, oh, you got to the dead end. All right, try again. That's not the God that we serve. He says in Jeremiah twenty-nine, thirteen: you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. God's not into teasing you and I. He's not trying to make it hard for you to hear him. He's not trying to block your ears. He's not trying to do any of those things. He's given you and I a free will. And he says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek God, you won't find something else. You will find God. If you open your ears to hear God's voice, guess what? He will speak and you will hear him. I want to encourage you this morning. You can hear God. Number three. Discerning the voice of God takes time and intention. You can go home and read the whole of 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's a beautiful story about the first time Samuel encounters the voice of God speaking to him. And the chapter actually begins saying God didn't speak very much in these days. It was an unusual kind of a time. But there was this young man called Samuel. He was in the temple. He knew of the way of God. And there's a voice that says, Samuel, Samuel. And he goes, that's weird. I haven't heard that voice before. And he thinks it's Eli the priest. And he goes, hey. And three times it happens. And three times he's really confused. I don't know who's calling me. And Eli says, hey, Sam, next time it happens, all you need to do is say, God, I'm here. And then Samuel hears God's voice. He is faithful to keep speaking to you and to I if we will listen. He is faithful to keep speaking if we will keep listening. Living as Jesus lived is absolutely to listen to the people that God has placed us alongside. There is no doubt about it that God in his sovereignty, put Jesus there and he spent so much of his time, so many of his days listening to the people in his world. Through listening, we are far better equipped to bless people than when we run off with our random ideas. Has anyone discovered that in your world? (laughs) Anyone discovered that all of a sudden you're answering the question but no one asked? When we listen, we are so much better equipped to live out our faith, to be tangibly people who bless other people, people that don't know Christ, people that are close to you, people that maybe you've just encountered once off. But when we can hear the voice of God, and when we listen to the people around us, it gives us a great opportunity to listen and act, to be people that don't just hear, but to respond. How many times this morning on the way in, to this building? Did you casually ask the question we all ask? And I'm guilty as charged. How are you? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Hi. We don't even answer that question. It was like, oh, I'm fine, thanks. Zroom. Let's be people that ask expecting an answer. How are you? Listen. Let's be people who are authentic in our answer. Sometimes you're like, fine, thanks. was so like, you're not fine, thanks. But it's a tokenistic act. Let's, let's be people that really listen and really respond as though, I don't know, we care. I'm guilty. I know how we live. I know this is just life. I'm not bringing any condemnation to anyone here this morning, but we just need to take the time to go, Oh, you've had a tough week. Oh, can I help? Can I bless you in some way? Maybe the blessing is just that you actually heard them say they'd had a tough week. It was the first time someone even stopped to hear that they had had a tough week. I told you I feel like God wants to set people free today. Those of you online, God wants to set you free today right where you are. Here's something I want us as a church to begin. It's something that I've been practicing for a little while now and I hope that it blesses you and helps you and you can feel free to like, say amen or something. Um, this is a phrase that I think is so integral as part of our listening and it goes like this. I was praying for you this morning and... I was praying for you this morning and God said he wants to set you free today. He wants us to leave things behind. He doesn't want us to keep carrying the burdens that we walked in with this morning. But let me just suggest to you that this phrase is a game changer. It's so simple. I was praying for you this morning. And you can put a full stop if you like. If you don't have anything else to say, but you can authentically tell a workmate, colleague a student that you sit next to maybe it's a sibling that isn't even living nearby to you you can just send them a text I was praying for you this morning do you know how powerful that is for anyone to hear someone say the phrase maybe you're here for the first time this morning and you're like is this the cheat sheet for church because the person that bought you said I was praying for you and would you like to come to church with me it's okay I was praying for you this morning, and if you can honestly and authentically say this to the people around you, it's so powerful because it means that you're listening to God, and it means that you're ready to listen to them. I was praying for you this morning. Try it with your spouse. Just try now. Like, Sometimes this week, sneakily, when they don't know. Just try and be like, text them at about 10 o'clock when they're like going to get their morning coffee or whatever and be like, hey, I was praying for you this morning and I love you. I was praying for you this morning and copy-paste scripture that you read. You don't even have to say anything so amazing. But do you know how meaningful it is when someone sends you a message or someone interacts with you and says, hey, I was praying for you this morning. That means they've been listening to God and they're ready to listen to you so unreal my sister this week or last week sent a text it was real short like three lines and she sent it to my husband and i and said i was praying for you this morning and god wants to encourage you and then there was just two sentences and do you know how much that changed my entire week that one text message i was like oh i hadn't even realized that she was praying for us so powerful I didn't even realise that God wanted to say what he wanted to say and it was absolutely just a reminder of something that he'd already said but I'd forgotten. We get so busy and so caught up with our lives and so powerful. Sometimes we don't know what to say to the people around us because they're not church people. If you ask, can I pray for you? A vast, vast majority of people will say yes. But here's the trick. You don't even have to ask. You can just pray. <laughs> and then what are they going to do? Be like, no, you take those prayers back to God. <laughs> How dare you? No one's going to do that. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness. And against such things, there is no law. I don't believe you're breaching HR policy by saying to the person in the cubicle next to you, hey, I- I hope this is okay, but too bad because I did it anyway. I was praying for you this morning. You know how much that unlocks in people's lives an opportunity to share what's going on in their world? Maybe God will start to speak to you about the people that are around you because that's what he does all through Scripture. All through Scripture he speaks to people who follow Jesus, people who are his God's people and says, hey, I'm going to use you to bless the people around about you. I'm going to finish with this story and the band can come. Last year I had the opportunity to go to Parliament House and please don't hear this as any glory or flex or anything like that, but I was very nervous about meeting with these people. Members of Parliament, you know, they will have letters after their name and they're very important. They have desks and um, grown-up things. And we had meetings that had times and you had to, like, go there at particular times. It was very, very adult. And um, sometimes the voice of the enemy will come to you in situations and be like, what are you even doing here? That's not God's voice, but it happens a lot. What? you think you're really capable of doing anything amazing or significant because i don't know you're just you right so i'm in parliament house and i'm strangely enough leading a team of people who are going in to meet with this member of parliament and we walked into his office and from the moment we sat down there was just four of us and him it was just extraordinarily aggressive and really combative in the way that he was talking to us and I'm like, dude, you took this meeting like you didn't barge in here with sticks. Like, <laughs> why? What's going on? And I'm literally in the meeting and like, I'm trying to shut down the fact that this guy's being really aggressive and we have an agenda that we're supposed to be talking about and I'm like, I'm here advocating for world poverty and why is this guy yelling at me? And I, it just felt this really bizarre situation and anyway... In the midst of all the noise, I'm like, Holy Spirit, what do I do now? And I hear him say, listen. So I get about with the three other women that I'm with. I'm like trying to send them eye signals of like, shut up. and he's still ranting and, and and I'm like looking at the rest of the team being like don't say anything he's not ready to hear what we are there to say and so the rest of the team kind of gets it like we're just going to listen and over the next 10 minutes he shared about his wife who was very ill and one daughter who got caught up in a domestic violence situation and he really didn't know how to and help her and rescue her and another daughter who he was trying to get to go to rehab but there was actually no place for her there and another daughter who just had really been having a hard time at school and struggling and he's far away from them in Canberra and he just opened up and shared this most personal pain and I'm like I'm in Parliament House with a member of parliament with all the letters and the desk and a and, and really important person who makes big decisions and the Holy Spirit just said listen and I'm pinching myself like okay now what do I do Holy Spirit because he just said listen and I'm like and then what and I got real bold just for like a microsecond and I said you know what we've We don't need to talk about what we're here to talk about. Just, I'll leave you the paper and the stuff and you can have a look at it later and we can even email. But, could we pray for you? And all of a sudden, he's crying in his office. And he goes, yeah, I'd like that. And I reached out and just kind of touched him on the elbow a little bit and I said, God, I pray right now for your peace and your grace and your kindness i pray that you would make a way where it seems like this is an impossible situation i pray for healing i pray for for peace in this home i pray for restoration of relationship and he's just crying and then i was like amen and then we walked out David Augsberger says being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they're almost indistinguishable. You know that person that sit ne- sits next to you at work and is mildly irritating? This week, this week, it's, it's just a microsecond of boldness and all you have to do is say, I was praying for you this morning. Maybe God speaks to you and says something. Maybe God doesn't really seem to say anything, but you just open up a conversation. You just get ready to listen. And that's where we're on mission with God in that moment. That's where we're living like Jesus lived, like the woman at the well. He shouldn't have been there. She shouldn't have been there. And the whole town filled with grace and mercy because of one man Jesus who's called you and I to follow in his footsteps and he said I just want to hear your story it's okay to share your pain with me I'm okay with that we don't have to have just polite nice churchy conversations I want to hear you I want to listen